This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I ran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend that you hang out on the ever more populated other side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West, Texas. Leeson, hope you listen to Texas Tribune Tribcast this week. I, I got the uh, opportunity to, to intro that. I don't know if that's like a notoriety or popularity or one way or the other. We'll take it broadcasting live from the studios where Buddy Holly was raving on. That's what we do here. And from the Racer Car Wash Studios, voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City. I just did it this morning. Love those guys. Best wash around. Go to racerwash.com. Find the location that is best for you. Best wash around, guaranteed. Be a part of the program. Going to have to be a part of the program by text. And, uh... We've had very smart and very active people that are helping break news on this program. And some of the, lots of people say, well, I've got very intelligent listeners. I've got some listeners who go into go mode. And I, and for those of you, if I've not responded to your emails over Ragergate and over uh, now Regent Gate, I apologize. I'm so far behind. Truth be told, Ross Ramsey is usually with us on Wednesdays at 5.15. Had to push him back to tomorrow because the days just get blurred for me. Took a interview booked, and I'm glad to have him. He's a Democratic Texas Adjour- Attorney General candidate, Justin Nelson, coming up in about 11 minutes from now. And then... Uh, about uh, 30 minutes from now, you'll hear from an interview I did with Congressman Jody Arrington of West Texas Rural Summit today. We got into a little bit of Regent Gate. He and I, you can hear his comments on it. But speaking of Regent Gate, let's get into it. <laughs> so, I'm going to be putting up a piece shortly on... That's some pretty intense music for Regent Gate. Wow. All the drama. Oh, and it even, <laughs> even goes into that. Yeah, that's Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you <laughs> for doing what you do there. So, listen, I've got some new details to break for you here as uh, we get into this program. And this is all going to be coming up. It's part two of what we've already put up, Texas Tech's Regent Gate and the lingering question. And so now we've got some some news that we're going to break to you that is pertinent uh, to the listening audience. But we will delineate. We will hyperlink. We will... Make sure that you see all of these details. So over the next nine minutes or so, let me go over those. First of all, Governor Greg Abbott is coming into Lubbock as I broadcast here. I believe he is already in Lubbock. And uh, it is a 100-degree day, but maybe the coldest political day that the governor has ever seen uh, in the Hub City. I'm told that seats... At the governor's private dinner tonight are plentisome, that there are plenty of seats to be had at that dinner. I don't know if they filled every chair at the table, but it's not. Well, it's about the cloud in which uh, Greg Abbott arrives in Lubbock. I want to remark first on Greg Abbott, then I'm going to get in with five regions who have come under some notoriety being known as the Feeble Five to set the direction here. And 
December 2016, perhaps a little uh, a little bit further back, maybe at the end of December, Daniel Hodge, who was then Abbott's chief of staff, directed regents to pick between an already well-funded dental school project in Board of Chairman Rick Francis's El Paso or pursue a vet school in Amarillo. Tech would not get both, he told the regents. Hodge told the regents this on multiple sources. Furthermore, the regents were directed to give a consensus statement with Abbott's name, without Abbott's name anywhere on it. That statement did come shortly thereafter. To public surprise, the vet school was on pause. Governor's hands on this. A buck stops with him. Be shocked if he said that something of that magnitude happened without his permission. Let's go into these five regents. Mickey Long, who has given $454,000 to Abbott. Rick Francis, the chair, uh, $332,000. Both of Long, Francis, Huckabee, and Steinmetz, uh, all four of the five, appointed by Rick Perry, Rick Perry news to break for you coming up. Huckabee, $175,000 to Abbott, appointed by uh, Rick Perry. We'll have the numbers for Abbott and Perry contributions coming up. Ronnie Hammonds, a, uh, as I understand, a cotton center boy who built houses and made a lot of money, $218,000 to Abbott. And get this, John Steinmetz, who I'm told is just simply a bundler, has given $2,000 is a regent. And before, uh, that was all that all those contributions I said, Texans for Greg Abbott, Texans for Rick Perry, John Steinmetz, $2,154. Scratch your head. How did Steinmetz get to where he is? More on that to come. So let's go through the five. Rick Francis. July 2017 is when Tech got its appropriation money from the Texas legislature. Now, I'm told that, uh, well, what Karen Michael of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal put up yesterday is that two years ago, and this would have been, of course, uh, 2016, Francis hunky-dory with with, uh, Bob Duncan's, quote, vision for the university. And now uh, he cites vision, lack of vision, for uh, essentially a no confidence in the uh, in the chancellor, who who will stop being chancellor at the end of this month. Now, a couple of things. One, I've really got to blow through this. I'm going to come back to this in about uh, 40 minutes from now. Bob Duncan, he said, put up a bunch of new, uh, put uh, hiked the budget for the systems. People read that and they think the whole entire university. No, it's 1% of the university. And truth be told, 17% increase in that budget over Duncan's duration. And much of that 17% having to do with new components coming online for which the system needed to provide administrative and other oversight and support. El Paso being one of those. And then you look at rate increases in insurance and other things. And then there was the utility and overhead of a uh, $27.5 million systems office for which Duncan never proposed because this all preceded him. Now, I need to tell you something else about Rick Francis. And it is this. Uh, There was a warehouse, a $1.5 million, well, hold on. It, between 1.2 to 1.5, according to sources, that Rick Francis entities acquired through one entity in particular, Red Raider Capital LLC, for, excuse me, that's my phone and it's been going nuts. Uh, but here's the deal that property borrowed $1.28 million for that property. The king of El Paso himself, Rick Francis, do you know where he borrowed that from? It was from First United Bank in Lubbock. Scratch your head if you will. And then over the course of days, that property is sequenced through several entities related to Rick Francis. And 
I'll tell you this, Rick Francis's financial disclosures are an absolute mess, and that might speak to his political acumen, or they doesn't know anything about numbers. I think it's the former, a guy who's been on the board since 2003. More of that delineated for you coming up on other side of Texas. Let's talk about another regent, John Steinman, CEO of Vista Bank. And I'm not sure what that lending limit of that bank is, but it gives way into another controversy in Lubbock, and that is uh, what we know now as Regent or Ragergate. So here's John Steinmetz, CEO of Vista Bank, who's caught up not only in Regent Gate, but also in Ragergate. I don't know what the spending limit of that bank is, but I know this. There's a $6 million essentially saying, look, we lost $6 million first capital. We want that money back. And then on top of that, the rumors are all around. What was it, $10 million that they're additionally into the hole with Rager Dykes? I don't know. Uh, that's to be sorted out. And I, again, I don't know what their legal lin- lending limit is. But I can tell you this, that... Steinmetz, the chair of his board, is Mickey Long out of Midland, another region. And as I understand, and again, Steinmetz and Long tied together, which then brings into the fray Chris Huckabee, who owns $10,000 share, ten, at least, excuse me, 10,000 shares in Vista Bank. And Huckabee landed a Tarleton State football stadium contract, which the A&M system appropriated $24 million towards. It's there at Huckabee-Inc.com, unless they hadn't taken it down. So you've got the Vista 3 involved there. And as we go through the five, how strange is it this? And this is, this is the news. Secretary of Energy Rick Perry took out a mortgage on a personal residence for, according to his own financial disclosures, over $1 million through Vista Bank, where now Regent Steinmetz serves as CEO, Regent Long serves as board chair, and Regent Huckabee has 10,000 or more shares, and I'm not sure how many more. Now, the last thing, how strange is it that Rick Francis's statement on the night of Bob Duncan's retirement said, we want to go after the dental school aggressively, the vet school aggressively, and the mental health institute. Ronnie Hammonds, number five, is all about mental health. Uh, He wants Texas Tech Health Sciences Center to be on the forefront, be the MD Anderson of uh, universities, And I believe this, and I cannot say it's true, but I'm just going to pontificate here, speculate. I think a deal was made with Hammonds that got him over to the five. That's what I think. And I think you will not find another statement where vet school, dental school, and mental health were all brought together. But it was brought together on that Monday night there, 11, 12, 13, uh, August 13th, by uh, Chairman Francis. And I think with intentionality that... Ladies and gentlemen, is how you get to the five, and that's why we break down what we do on this program. I will review all that again in about 35 minutes from now. We're going to take a break and get in with Ronnie, with uh, I'm sorry, Justin Nelson. Uh, I think that you'll in, enjoy the interview to come, and then uh, we'll get on in with Congressman Arrington. Big show headed up, and we're just getting revved up and ready to go. Stick with us. About 90 seconds from now, from the studios where Buddy Holly became famous, breaking all the news here on the other side of Texas. Keep trying, gotta let them down and keep from The only sure thing is Texas and dying. And your love makes a living worthwhile. Molded out of red clay and baked in the West Texas sun to perfection is the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. Oh, hell, the little things you say and do. Hey, 
Hey, welcome back in. Other side of Texas as we roll along. The text line lit up. And we got to, sorry, we'll try to get some of those texts coming in. People are losing their minds. Yeah, we delineate the five. If we aren't going to get good answers, and if Rick Francis is going to get on the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, which I bet he's clicked on like three times in his whole life, and uh, he's going to go on and, and post an op-ed that's going to blast Bob Duncan, uh, essentially blast him and compare his budgets that were proposed versus those that were approved by Kent Hans and fudge the numbers, then Rick, Rick Francis, you've got no damn business being reappointed. Matter of fact, it is not a job. It is to be on a board and go read the Regents' rules. You need to get your A money money as me and my wife cuss around our children, we use terms like A money money. You need to get your A money money off the Board of Regents. Go be Mr. El Paso, but you've completely lost the university at this point, Rick Francis. And to whatever extent, John Steinmetz, and again, that stuff is going to be up on othersideoftexas.com soon. And it's going to delineate it. You'll have the documents. You'll be able to go through and cross-reference me and a lot of people, some of them very brave, uh, to help us put all this together. We can delineate the five. Don't tell us that a man who we've never seen lost his temper, lose his temper, lost his temper all of a sudden, a man who's passionate about an entity that he served for 25 years along with a region, and that he just all of a sudden decided just to retire. It, it's, it smells to high heaven in the biggest small town in the world. And uh, I think it smells because none of you live here. And uh, you're going to be brought to bear through me and through others. We have much greater commitments than your reputations, which are muddied through your own records, many of you. And uh, that's, that's on you. That's not on us. If we can't get answers to simple questions then we'll ask more difficult questions to get the answer this segment brought to you by lubbock file room providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate call 806-744-7666 that's LubbockFileRoom.com, 806-744-7666 today. Uh, we're awaiting a call from Justin Nelson. He is uh, running for the Texas Attorney General position as a Democrat and uh, office, I should say, not position. And uh, awaiting that call from Nelson, not sure we got a call over the break. I think that there was some miscommunication on their end on what phone line to call. Uh, so let me go back to uh, let's straight. No, we don't want to go, but I'm always down for Jerry Jeff Walker, but but not right now. Uh, back into some Regent Gate action and follow up while we're waiting for Justin Nelson. So, just to recap, I think that you're able to put three of the five together through Vista Bank. And looking into this Mickey Long situation, we might have a Mickey Gate on our hands. Might. Uh, that would be logical deduction. We might. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, Steinmetz, Long, and Huckabee, obviously, and through their own financial disclosures part of the same entity which brings to mind there is there are within the region's rules and again everything i'm about to lay out you could then go in and decide well is that is that cogent with does that jive with the region's rules and in the piece i cited in the last piece i put out texas tech's regent gate and the a question that lingers, which is what happened in those five minutes with the outing of Bob, the ouster of Bob Duncan. You know, I go through and I ask some questions from the Regent Rules on what about what about rules that people cannot be conglomerated together in such a way that would. Uh, they couldn't operate independently that they would have to vote as blocks that 
that they wouldn't have the interests of the university first in mind, but it might be their own assets or their own interests and, and compi- compounded in a group, no less. And, you know, the first thing that I listed in the last piece I wrote was that John Steinmetz wrote, uh, wrote a statement and maybe talked to press. It's all convoluted at this point. But earlier in the day, Empowered Texans, the shadiest political group in Texas politics, put out a tweet that was then deleted, later deleted, that said that Duncan had participated in the misappropriation of funds. Well, where was that? Well, it was deleted, but Steinmetz went out of it. And I've heard uh, multiple people have sent me their communications that they've had with Steinmetz, one of them being public on social media uh, that wasn't sent to me. I plainly saw, you need to talk to, to Bob Duncan, is what it said, what, what Steinmetz said. But he said that he went out there, he completely legitimatized, legitimized, I should say, uh, a rumor of in a, a misappropriation of funds just by citing it, legitimatized it, And so, legitimize it, sorry. But here's the thing. If you're going to release that statement, maybe I need to go to Ben Cook, legal, for the Board of Regents and say, where did the Regents ever give Steinmetz permission to put out that statement? Because, you know, I can see very, very clearly chapter verse here, and I won't give you all this stuff. It's there in the piece that, for him to release that statement would violate the Open Meetings Act. Open Meetings Laws, I should say. And then for Mickey Long, for John Steinmetz, and then for Chris Huckabee to be caught up together in, with vested interests with one another might be in violation of another code in Chapter 3, Section 1 of the Regents' Rules. All really incredible to me. I mean, when was the last time we audited, like, forget audit the Fed, audit the Board of Regents, and let's see what's really going on here, and where are these statements coming from, and is, when was the last time somebody really vetted these guys? And, you know, I heard from somebody last night, we're going to go to a break, and hopefully we can get Justin Nelson on, uh, but here's the thing is that in this part of the world these guys have given and i went through their contributions to the political campaigns of greg abbott and rick perry and that'll be gone over in the piece as well but you know what at the end of time at the end of things and i always say this i always look at place and i'm so proud of lubbock right now because everybody's putting their partisanship aside and saying what happened at texas tech and you know, polar left, polar right, all in unison, everybody across the continuum, like nothing I've seen in Lubbock before. But here's the deal. Talking with people over the past couple of nights, you know, there's not a lot of concern in the governor's office for the regents at Texas Tech, by and large. And this isn't new. This is old. For, for years and years, not really a concern because you guys don't give a lot of money and you're kind of just forgotten out there. Like, you would never see somebody like Francis, who's been serving since 2003, at A&M and UT. And you definitely wouldn't see contributions, none of which exceed, to Greg Abbott at least, $500,000. You see a lot more money on the table. And so in that obscurity, I think a lot of scandal, sunlight is the best anesthetic. And there's not a lot of sunlight because there's not a lot of scrutiny. But this whole thing, where we are right now, needs Sarah Davis, House Investigating Committee and Eth- Eth- Investigating and Ethics Committee. You just need to go through the Board of Regents at Texas Tech right now. And there ought to be, dadgummit, there ought to be a review of them. And we're going to bring that the piece I put up is going to be put towards the House and questions are going to be asked. And hopefully Charles Perry can get in. I know we're probably sympathetic with Kel Seliger up in Amarillo on the Senate side. But we here on this program are going to put forward the evidence 
that these regions ought to be looked into. And there needs to be an investigation of this Board of Regents. And not for public approval. If the public approval drops to 20, I'll still be talking about it because I think it's right. And that's what we do on this. It's not to sound sanctimonious, but the line that for longtime listeners of this program, I've always talked about place over party. I've always talked about uh, a politics of place. And this fits right in with the brand. And that's why ratings are so good. And, and I appreciate all the new listeners and followers. But guess what? This very thing that we're caught up in is exactly what I've been talking about for a long time. And let me go one step further. The forces against which we now contend are forces that I've taken on at, at peril of being called a liberal. Well, that soft need liberal Leeson or whatever else they want to throw at me. Well, who's liberal now? Who's liberal now? Are you liberal for opposing the governor? Does that make you a loopy Valdez voter? Because that would make everybody, just about everybody in Lubbock right now, no. I oppose them on economic policy. I think that they bait us with our social concerns and they exploit our economic interests. And that is the argument I've made over and over again. And guess what, Lubbockites? Here we are, right in the den, right in the fire. And our economic interests are about to get hit in a big way. And that is not to take a knock at Ted Mitchell. And I think I've heard Ted Mitchell today, and I'll have some audio from him coming. Not audio, but a report of what I saw today at this rural summit. Ted Mitchell spoke, president of Health Sciences Center, after August 31, going to be the uh, interim chancellor. He is fantastic on the stage, and I doubt anybody would want to get in the mud pit with the man or in, you know, to street box with him or go WWA with him. I don't think that you're going to see a lot of people are like, yeah, I could take Ted Mitchell. But there is an expert in legislative policy. He was let go. What happened in those five minutes, we don't know. But we will lead the way on this program in finding answers. And that's what we do here. Stick with us. More other side of tech. Maybe we'll get Justin Nelson. Maybe we won't. Um, this is kind of bothersome to me that we've not gotten Nelson on yet. Uh, stick with us about 90 seconds. We'll be right back with more Other Side of Texas. You'll hear from Representative Arrington coming up right here. Welcome back in. The other side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horton, Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, all these texts, Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the area of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Got to go to the West Texas Rural Summit today, uh, hosted by U.S. Congressman Jody Arrington. And it's so great to have like these events with the con whatever you may think about Arrington, that yeah, we didn't have these summits with Nagabauer. You just had like rumors of K Street meetings on his yacht. What was the name of that thing? That yacht, uh, 806-745-5800. The Fundraiser, F-U-N, Razor. Not Fundraiser, the Fundraiser. There on the Potomac, get to hang out with the Nagabauer crew. No, we have real summits here, and uh, I was pretty impressed. What I saw today, I was also impressed that the event was held in the Border Regents Conference Room there at the 27 million 27.5 million Taj Mahal that was voted on and passed before Bob Duncan came on board expenses for which he was later held accountable by hardcore Rick Francis Rick Francis the budgetary expert I asked him about this big event and how it was 
the biggest event that had happened in that room since five of the most important minutes in Texas Tech's history. Minutes in which we still don't have answers, but to hear from Congressman Arrington and uh, what he thought about the event, what he was trying to do, let's hear that now. Congressman Jody Arrington out of West Texas, District 19 with me here, holding a West Texas Rural Summit. Heard from a few folks today. What's Give us an overlay of what this event is and what you hope folks take away from it. First of all, it's always an honor to be with the Socrates of the South Plains. I, I want to get credit for that, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you're more than just philosophical, you're practical, and that's what today's about. It's about how do we roll up our sleeves, identify the challenges that are, are common for every community in rural America, probably, but certainly pervasive throughout my district mm -hmm. of 29 counties, um, ranging from uh, critical infrastructure on the transportation side, on the technology side with broadband um, infrastructure and healthcare and so on and so forth. If we don't have a nation, because I represent um, the federal side of the equation, that understands the importance of rural America to our economy and our security, and they don't, and as a result, don't make the investment in these, in these uh, areas and help them deal with the opioid crisis and mm -hmm. the um, access to quality care crisis that, that, that is unique to rural America. If they don't make that investment, we're going to lose something really special, and it's going to create a real problem when it comes to the food, fuel, and fiber production, which um, goes hand-in-hand hand with sustainable yeah. rural communities. That's what this is all about. You know, I was just in, and president of the Health Sciences Center, Ted Mitchell, soon to become, after August 31, the interim chancellor of Texas Tech University, speaking about how West Texas is seen sometimes as a charity case when it should be seen as the bread box. And lots of times we talk about policy in West Texas and more and more it becomes a conversation of mitigating loss. But one thing I want to point out in particular is your session on rural economic opportunity and rural revival. Talk to us a little bit about what you saw there and what you hope people took away. Well, <clears throat> I've been coming in and out of the uh, conference, the, and uh, I kicked it off with our Assistant Secretary for Rural Development at USDA, mm -hmm. by the way, former staffer for Chairman Larry Combest mm -hmm. uh, of our district. Um, and we know that in this farm bill, uh, where we're in the red zone conference committee, Mike Conaway and I, have the good fortune of being at the table is going to be critical for economic development because the underpinnings for for precision agriculture and for other business ventures in uh, rural America is access to high-speed internet and 50 percent of communities throughout the country in rural America don't have meaningful access that's a it's a huge problem that that is akin to the rural electrification initiative so we're we're now trying to drive that with lots of investment again and house and senate are in agreement by the way on that i think the 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 other piece that i'd like to highlight is you know tax and regulatory burden is born in in greater disproportion by our small businesses family farms and and our community banks so i i think that what we're seeing with the pro-growth uh, free market policies of this president and this Congress is a revitalization in our economy. And, and I think the rural guys that I'm talking to, the small businesses, uh, inside and outside of agriculture are um, feeling not just the relief, but are able to save the money and reinvest it for more opportunity and to grow their, their enterprise. And it is a pro-agriculture tax reform with double the exemption on the death tax 
um, and a 20% deduction for small businesses, keeping cash accounting for our farmers, that was a big deal. Independent oil and gas companies really needed their lifeline uh, was the uh, depletion allowance and protecting that. On the wind renewable side, it was letting the phase out exist as it was, the production tax credit, instead of just cutting that off after making a deal that that would be phased out over the next two years, actually. So, I mean, all of that, I think, is, is well, the, 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 the uh, experts say we will create throughout the country in the near term almost a half a million new jobs in rural America. But are we prepared for that? And are we seizing mm. the opportunity? <clears throat> so this oh. is an opportunity for state, local, and federal officials and leaders in the community to say, where can we work together to maximize these opportunities? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I will we'll, we'll have a we'll have a good summary of that when it's over. And I hope to go on your show so I can go good. tick through. Them. We'll look forward to that. We are uh, on the campus of Texas Tech and up at uh, the systems uh, building. I look around the room and there are a lot of good guests who would who have been on the program and be good potential guests. Uh, throughout that room. Um, won't bring up many because I know that we got to go here. We're talking right before the rural priorities for the 86th legislature. Uh, we've got Drew Springer, State Representative Drew Springer, State Senator Charles Perry, State Representative Dustin Burroughs, and State Representative Drew Darby. How important is it these alliances for you to have at this? Because I'm sure what they're going to get into is property taxes. And that 55 cents of every one of your property dollars goes to fund public education. So between the two levels, federal and state, how important are these relationships? I think they're critically important, especially in rural regions like West Texas. I mean, that's how we can compete with having a voice in public policy Mm -hmm. is that we have to set whatever differences we might have. And certainly there's great angst about federal encroachment in, in, uh, in state and local issues, which I, I hope to be a good uh, defender of states' rights and local control. But it's about locking arms and saying, yes, uh, we, we can and should do these things in terms of critical infrastructure investment mm-hmm. from the federal government. And uh, by the way, you're not going to grow your uh, region if you can't give a quality education to the next generation. And so what are we going to do about the ch- unique challenges of, of rural public education? And that's something that I know my colleagues mm-hmm. at the state level will talk about. But it's also health care. And I think health care is a good partnership area where there's overlap. I'm trying to keep the federal government out of public education. Um, I just assume they not have a Department of Education, although I think some of the funds probably do help underserved areas and people. But we've got, I know the, the item in the budget that's breaking the bank and putting a squeeze on education and on transportation is health care. And I'm trying to figure out what I believe market solutions to bending the cost curve, technology, et cetera, certainly not mm-hmm. big government. But I know these guys feel the pressure because we have a, a cost share arrangement with them on Medicaid. And um, and so I think we can find creative ways to let them have more flexibility to make the money go the furthest and to make sure it goes to the neediest. I, I'm, I am convinced, not even having been at a meeting on healthcare with Springer, Perry, Burroughs, and Darby, that they will be able to figure that out better than Washington. And so mm-hmm. anyway, okay. it's, a, it's a good collaborative effort. I'm, I'm really impressed that uh, Drew Springer has come, I mean, uh, Drew Darby has come all the way from San Angelo. He's in Mike Conaway's district, yep. and I've known him yep. for a good amount of time. Contender for Speaker of the House. Uh, you know what? He's a great He's leader. He's not officially announced. He's but. a strong leader. Uh, he, as a freshman, when I was at Texas Tech as a, a vice chancellor with Ken Hans, uh-huh. um, led the charge to pull uh, Angelo State out of the Texas State system and into the Texas mm-hmm. Tech. So he led the charge as a freshman. Nobody thought it could be done. So, I, I, you know, it's great. And then, of course, Charles Perry our senator, um, uh, I think, embodies something that I believe is important about all rural policymakers. Don't just be a vote. 
And if that's all we can count on you for, you're, you're not just wasting your time, but, but you're, you're wasting the time of the people you represent in rural areas. Go and work your way up to a chairman position, to a leadership role. He's chair of ag, water, natural resources from the outset. And you know what? That is huge for West Texas. So uh, anyway, glad they're all here. Now, I'm going to close with this one. This is the biggest event that's happened in the, what do we call this room? The Regents Room, the Regents Conference Room, since maybe one of the biggest events that's happened in Texas Tech's history. The last big thing that happened in that room. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened, but I would be remiss not to ask you your thoughts on <laughs> The ouster of Bob Duncan, the retirement of Bob Duncan, as we sit in this place. Um, I knew you would have worked this question in, and if the walls could talk, right? You know, I just want uh, Chancellor Duncan, uh, the board, and the governor to talk because they know the answers. I don't. Um, I, I'm always loath to comment on things where I don't have all the information. And I will just say this. Um, this is truly um, a state issue, not a federal issue. The last thing I want, uh, yeah. as a Red Raider and as a citizen of West and Texas. And as a former vice chancellor. And as a former vice chancellor is a congressman weighing in on, <laughs> on this, on a local and state issue. But what, what I'll tell you is, as a, as a friend of Bob Duncan, longtime friend, and as someone who's watched and admired him from afar, uh, he is legendary in his public service, in his leadership for this region um and i by all accounts was a great chancellor again i don't have all the facts but uh you know he was beloved he was one of us and he was well respected not one of the most well regarded uh former members of the house and senate for the great state of texas so it we were well served to have such a luminary in state politics at the helm um, and uh, his idea about the vet school, again, independent of any uh, information that's flying around, um, I, thought was, I thought was brilliant. Brilliant because we're such a large state, there's got to be a tremendous demand, and there's got to be a better solution than sending our kids out of schools like Texas Tech, universities that are the largest non-land-grant agriculture colleges in the country, to places like Oklahoma State, New Mexico State, Colorado State to go to, to vet school. That we're a big enough state to uh, meet that demand with a school out west and it made sense because we are the ag epicenter of the nation and uh, I hope that that will be something that the board will continue to push. Certainly if there were anything I could do at the federal level I, I would do it but it's a state issue so. Do in terms of figuring out answers well no i mean i would push that initially i don't know what the uh, you know if again i i have to speak to why i make decisions mm -hmm. as a representative of west texas and some people appreciate it some people like it and some people don't but my job as a leader is to make tough decisions even when they're not popular and then explain them and i think uh if the powers that be explain them, maybe that will help. But I think with all this information shrouded in secrecy, it doesn't help. So I, I hope that folks will move on with more information. And, uh, and here's the other thing, and I have no reason to believe that the regents haven't done this, but their job and, and the governor's job is to do what's best for this institution and for the people of Texas. And no other interest should come uh, to the fore or be brought to bear in making decisions. And uh, I, I know those guys. I've worked with them. Um, and I, I just think they would be well served to just talk about why they made that, uh, made that call. Because to the folks that are observing from the outside, it's, it, I, I know it doesn't feel right. And I know that we just love Bob Duncan. But I also have been around politics and business, even at the university as vice chancellor. There's more than meets the eye. There's more there there than you know. And uh, again, it's it's incumbent upon them to communicate that. And I know that's all you're trying to do is, is find out what the facts are and the truth of the matter so we can move on. 
But listen, God bless Bob Duncan. God bless Texas Tech. Um, I think the best years are ahead of us, but certainly I think people like Ken Hans and Bob Duncan have set us up for success. Um, again, I'm just a fan, and as a Texas Tech fan and as a graduate who wants my sheepskin to, to, to rise in value, mm. I'm, I'm greatly indebted to those guys. No. Well, Congressman, you hit a pretty good curveball. Uh, Congressman Jody Arrington, be with <laughs> us soon. Great to be with you, Jay. All right. So there you have it from the congressman. Read into that as you may. You can always download every episode that we do here on the radio, put into a a really popular, and I'm just so glad for it. I mean, I'd have never thought, but a very popular podcast. And you can go to uh, Apple Apple Podcasts or on your phone. Just click the, the podcast app and uh, go subscribe to other side of texas really interesting how the congressman laid that out what he didn't say it's so interesting for for me as an interviewer it's not what they say it's what they don't say and what they hold back on and uh congressman errington laid out essentially in my view how this should be handled and it's not being handled to his satisfaction uh really intriguing stuff get back in i promise to recap of what's to come on other side of texas.com texas tech's regent gate and the question that still lingers want to break down for you what we think the relationship of the five is uh, based upon documentation fact-based analysis coming up right here on the other side of texas break that down one more time for you I would say text, but don't even bother at this point because I can't even get to them all today. Oh, boy. We're rolling on here. Be back with you in about 90 seconds. Jay West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots. Jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035. 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at flinthat.com. You get your own radio show. It's the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. One night in Kansas City after we had played the show, shots rang out. Boy, here we are back again. This segment brought to you by Title One Lubbock's Digital Real Estate and Title Escrow Company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty consumer and lending needs at title1.com. Big shout out to Prim Ryan, who is now Prim Nagley, an all-star Abernathy Lady Lope, if you believe you will achieve state Lady Lopes. She works Title One, still making it happen there. Thank you, Prim. Thank you, Title One. Want to walk you back through Regent Gate and uh, give you a little synopsis of what you can expect just revealing some details here on the program about the five the five who took a no confidence vote that wasn't a vote but was a vote uh, get back in with regent gate and what you can expect tomorrow on other side of texas.com it's our regent gate music might have to reevaluate this here's what we know that in December 2016 the Texas Tech regions put forward a statement saying we uh, 
in unison with consensus are deciding not to go forward with the vet school into the 80, 85th legislature, which was to begin, which did begin in March. That to much public surprise, and I've written about that in part one, OtherSideOfTexas.com. You can go read it, check it out, send it to your friends. It's kind of a common man's understanding of what's happened. Uh, that was prompted by Daniel Hodge, who was then Governor Abbott, who is in Lubbock at this hour. It was prompted by Governor Abbott's chief of staff that you must decide one way or the other. Karen Michaels putting out, Karen Michael, singular, not plural, putting out a piece yesterday as a response to Chairman Rick Francis out of El Paso put forward an, a piece in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal that ran yesterday Following up with, uh, whoa, 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 two years ago, you were completely online, in, in line with Bob Duncan's vision for the university. What changed? Well, that was 2016. 2017 is my contention what changed things. When Bob Duncan and Texas Tech walked out of the legislature, which Bob Duncan a 25-year pro, spent plenty of time as Senate Finance Chair there in the Texas legislature, knows that budget inside and out, talked to m multiple uh, lawmakers who saw Bob Duncan walk other people through the budget, uh, and it just a cratering headache for them, something Bob Duncan knew inside and out. That began this flat budget process by which I'm convinced at this point and I can't say this for fact but I'm convinced began Chairman Rick Francis who would have a dental school built funded in El Paso this is what began his his mad how do I say this his fury to flatten budgets and essentially put his boot on bob duncan's neck now who's in charge of uh border regent finance john steinmetz that's who multiple people sources have told me that it was at about that point in time as they went into the next budget in the summer of 2017 that steinmetz and Francis in unison put their boots on Bob Duncan's neck to keep the budget that would acquire a 20 the overhead of a 27.5 million dollar Taj Mahal the system budget's office or I'm excuse me the systems building from which I interviewed Congressman Jody Arrington earlier all the overhead to be absorbed into his budget and then also to have El Paso come online, to have other increases like insurance in El Paso and Lubbock and other places, and Bob Duncan expected to keep it flat. And I think that that was a motivated purpose by all accounts I'm given. Now, that's the background. Again, to Governor Greg Abbott, Mickey Long has given... $454,000. I'm rounding off. Rick Francis, $332,000. Ronnie Hammonds, $218,000. Christopher Huckabee, $175,000. John Steinmetz, $2,000. John Steinmetz, known as a political bundler, won't put his money down, but will gladly give you other people's money, apparently. Uh, all five gave a no confidence allegedly no confidence to Bob Duncan for the five with the exceptions of Hammonds being appointed by Greg Abbott uh, it's Rick Francis who's been on the Board of Regents since 2003 up for reappointment in January and this is where I'm going to throw a little shout out to a name that uh, with which you may or may not be familiar Dustin Womble out of Lubbock needs to replace Rick Francis memo to the governor now I want to go into these regions one by one once again and give a little bit more context 
uh, you can have executive sessions at whatever form of government, uh, primarily through three things. One, uh, you are going to talk about litigation facing you or litigation with which you're involved. Or you can talk about real estate or you can talk about personnel. Now, Rick Francis in one of the executive sessions on August 10 brings up legislati- legislative appropriation requests about the dental school and the vet school. Now, here's a question for some of you open meeting law lawyers, attorneys. Is that, can you talk about those things? Was it coded right on the agenda? Jay at Other Side of Texas, if you would like to give me some info on that. Why are you talking about budgetary things behind closed doors? Rick Francis, again, chairman of the board, Two years ago, Karen Michael reports had a vision in line with Bob Duncan. What changed? I argue July 2017 walks away, poses a threat to his dental school there in El Paso. And by the way, let me just take a stab. There have been, I've given time to people on this program to point out the flaws in the vet school. You know what one flaw with dental school, why there may be an absence of dentist in El Paso because everybody goes to Juarez. That's why. Okay. Rick Francis with his boot on Bob Duncan's neck. Now, when I, re- I just want to repeat so that people are following along with me, Rick Francis has some problems. It's obvious what his motivation might have been, but here's what I would love for Rick Francis to explain to me. How a property valued at 1.28, at least that's the loan, $1.28 million for the acquisition of a commercial property in El Paso in February 2015 was given to a LLC, Raider Capital, Red Raider Capital LLC, with which Rick Francis is a part, but that loan was not. So you're Mr. El Paso, but guess where you get your loan for that commercial property in El Paso? Through First United Bank in Lubbock. That's where. And what's that about? Again, you can't answer a simple question. We're going to ask difficult questions. And then, well, I'm going to get around to Hammonds and link him to Francis here in just a moment. Steinmetz, John Steinmetz, the CEO of Vista Bank. I'm not sure what their legal lending limit is, but we know that they've filed a lawsuit against First Capital in the Rager Dykes saga that is continuing to play out. And if you're in the overlap of the circles of Rager Gate and Regent Gate, then you're in a very bad place, and that's where Steinmetz, and not just Steinmetz, thank you for that music there, that's where they find themselves now, they have at least six million dollars that they've effectively said we lost, how much more money's out there, and how many loans are in the name of your board chair, Mickey Long? So I've delineated Francis as one of the five. So let's get into Steinmetz and then Long and then Huckabee connected as part of the Vista Trio. And all this through public record. Long, Mickey Long is the board chair. So you got the CEO and then the board chair and then you've got a stakeholder in Huckabee. I do not know how much Chris Huckabee, Regent Chris Huckabee, has in Vista Bank, but I know it's at least 10,000 shares because that's what he's reported. Now, further into Huckabee, he landed the contract, again, as I said earlier, Huckabee-Inc.com landed the contract for Tarleton State University's Memorial Stadium renovations to which the A&M system put forward $24 million. So there's there's the Vista trio, and then Huckabee involved to some extent with, to a large extent, with Texas A&M. Now, 
Let's bring all this home to roost. I was blasted because I cited a very credible source for saying that Rick Perry was involved in all this. And guess what? Rick Perry took out a mortgage on a personal residence for over, quote, over a hundred, uh, over a million dollars through Vista Bank. And according to records, they're on 50th Street in Lubbock. So their holdings with Rick Perry, part of Rick Perry's quote-unquote portfolio, to which Steinmetz, Long, and now Huckabee are connected. Now, to go further, I've got another question. What other assets Steinmetz, Long, and to some extent Huckabee, what other assets of Rick Perry's does Vista Bank oversee? The public deserves to know. You said, well, there's no connection with A&M. Well, we have here on other side of Texas delineated where there is connection with A&M and that with the most powerful Aggie in the United States of America, Rick Perry. What other assets of Rick Perry's? Do you, so now I'm beyond what happened in that five minutes. I want to know, I demand to know, what other assets of Rick Perry's portfolio does Vista Bank oversee? Because now you've said, well, that was that was just a mortgage. Well, it's not. How many people come to Vista Bank with a million dollar or more mortgage asking? And the rate seems to be, uh, I don't have it in front of me, it seems to be a, a fair rate. I think it was 3.25 or something like that. But what other assets do you oversee? Which brings us back to Hammonds. So I can delineate Francis, not through Vista Bank, but somebody who felt Bob Duncan was a threat to his dental school, in partnership with Steinmetz, Long, and then Huckabee, and now Hammonds, part of the Feeble Five. Hammonds, what I'm told to be a man who will not take briefings, uh, for border regent meetings, a guy, a guy from Cotton Center, kind of a straight shooter, always said to be respectful. But Hammonds, how did Hammonds get involved in that fray? And I think it's because Hammonds treats his job as a border regent kind of like he would treat like a guy who comes to the United Way meetings every other meeting. And he has one concern and that's mental health and i don't know there apparently there's some and I, we got to track this down sources say some some fam, familial relationship to mental health which helps in this story from the texas tribune that a spokesperson for the system added that the border regents quote approved the strategic plans for uh, blah 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 uh that approved strategic plans of the universities uh, system universities and this is the first time i've seen these three things i've seen the dental school and the vet school together on numerous occasions but guess what in the wake of bob duncan's outing there's another thing paired to dental school and vet school and that's a mental health institute perhaps and this is more info than you've been given by the Board of Regents. Perhaps a deal was struck. Hammonds came over. And maybe, I don't know who rolled, but somebody rolled. Maybe Hammonds. Hey, guess what? We're going to do a mental health institute. And maybe that got Hammonds over. Now, you tell me, based up, and again, this is all going to be part two of Texas Tech's Regent Gate. And the question that lingers, where have you found more bona fide evidence that backs what might have happened? And again, regents, you're welcome at any time to come out. But I don't think you will. It happened fine as it was shrouded, to quote a previous guest, shrouded in secrecy. So you don't have to say. Well, guess what? We're going to make you say. We lost an awful lot in Bob Duncan, and I'm not happy about it. Many people are not happy about it. I do this program. I would have never imagined that the program would take off in the popularity that it has. 
It was never my intention to be popular. It was to prevent a, present a voice to which people would say that's a credible voice and because I'd go with fact-based evidence. And Regents, you're on the wrong side, and I don't care what PR firm you hire. Uh, you're on the wrong side, and I think there damn well ought to be I think the evidence that we provide ought to be put up in a formal investigation. And not to be Mr. Beat the Drum for ratings or otherwise, uh, if I were still in some podunk station with menial listeners, I would say the same thing. Every one of you deserves to be investigated and quit all this. Go ask Bob. Bob doesn't, Bob works here, Robert Duncan works here until the end of the month. It's obvious you wore them out, and you're accountable to the tax-paying public right now. You're a pu- you are responsible to the citizens. You come out and talk about it. I'm sick of asking, what about Bob? They made a movie about that, what about Bob? And you sound as delusional as characters in that movie. What about Bob? What about you? What about you, you five? What about you? gonna have to leave it there got plenty to do tonight great family above average dinner i gotta get it on the way home mrs leeson getting some dental treatment today not feeling up to snuff so i'm gonna be daddy daycare sit down and get behind the keyboard i want to appreciate uh tell you i appreciate you a little bit extended here on the program listening and thank you for passing along to friends Plenty more, OtherSideOfTexas.com, at OSTX Show on Twitter, and Other Side of Texas on Facebook tell you that Justin Nelson rescheduling for Friday and Ross Ramsey, your Wednesday delight here on the program, going to join us tomorrow at 5.15. So, for Congressman Arrington and five feeble regents, I'm signing off, Jay west texas leeson thanks you thank you again i appreciate you so much listen program be back with you tomorrow right here on the other side of texas Jones for ABC Bank. Life on the road sometimes.